Hey, 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 hold on, hold on. Gather around, everybody. Listen up. I got a story to tell. Tell, tell. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Rico Lane, and thank you for checking in to the Blessed Money Podcast, where we help you build your relationship with Christ by sharing blessings and testimonies on Bible scriptures that is manifested in everyday people's lives like yourself. If you have ever found a Bible difficult to understand, struggle with your faith, or simply wonder why Christians believe the way that they do, then this podcast is definitely for you. I believe that if we can show you that the Bible is made real in our personal lives today, even though it was written so many years ago by so many different authors, then you just may change the way you view the Bible. It may even spark your curiosity on the Bible or Christ, and I know without a doubt, if you seek Christ, you will find him. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And oh yeah, don't forget, be a blessing and share your testimony. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the wonderful and powerful name of Jesus. I thank you for an opportunity for me to be used by you, Lord. I thank you for an opportunity to be a vessel to share your word. I pray that as I discuss your word, that it is all you and none of me. I also pray that the listeners' ears, their eyes, their hearts, and their minds are open so that they hear the truth, they know the truth, and they understand the truth. And anything that may not be the truth, I pray that you take it away from their memory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, brother. Thank you so much for coming on, man. We're gonna kick it on. We're gonna kick it off. Uh we'll start off with you just kind of introducing yourself and, and, and just tell us what you got going on. Hey, what's going on, y'all? My name is DJ Brown. Um, I'm a youth and young adults pastor in uh downtown Fort Worth, Texas. Um, not from here, but uh, me and my wife and my son have been here for about six months now. Uh, I'm also an author. I've, I've written a book called Unlocking Your Potential in Singleness, How to Maximize Your Single Life, where I give singles and people who are dating useful tools to thrive uh, in, in the season of dating and singleness. Um, yeah, so I do a podcast with my wife. Uh, that podcast is called Love, Grace, and Truth, and, and we just talk from Christian millennials' perspectives about everything that's going on, the current state of our society and, and all those different things while, you know, uh, edifying people with the word of God. So uh, that's just a little bit about me. And uh, I'm just thankful to be on this call. Oh man, that's, that's amazing, bro. Let's talk a little, let's talk a little bit about your book. When you uh, talked about the title, it made me think about this one pastor named Michael Todd. Are you familiar with him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so he just dropped his book, like, Relationship Goals. But, like, a few years ago, he did that whole Relationship Goals series. And one of the uh, sermons in that series was uh, Before the Person or whatever. And so I'm curious on uh-huh. kind of what, what, you're, what you're hitting on in your book what, uh, about tips on Before the Person. You want to shed some light on some of that? Yeah, man. So for me, uh, my wife and I, we met in 2009. And... Um, we, we, I wasn't, I, I just became a Christian in 2010. So uh, I didn't really know anything about the faith and stuff like that. And she was a Christian. Well, me and her broke up in the beginning of 2010. And um, so we separated. And for about three and a half years, man, I was on this journey. I said, Lord, I'm not getting in no relationship. I'm not getting in any of that because I just want to know who you are. 
And uh, with that, he took me through a three and a half year long journey of, of just being consecrated to him. And so I talk about that in my book and I talk about the importance to understand uh, who you are and whose you are before you try to step into a relationship. Because if we don't, we'll find ourselves finding our identity and purpose in someone else when God has already given us an identity and purpose for our lives. Man, that is that is that is deep, brother. I'm not gonna lie. I tell you, so I'm married myself. We've been married uh, going on 11 years. Um, I think in July okay, we'll be at 11 years. I appreciate it, brother. And I I'll be honest. I I got saved after I got married, so I made a lot of mistakes. Matter of fact, I've been married twice before. You know, I'm in the military and just oh, wow. leaving and, and 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 being and just traveling and, and going to different places. Man, I I made a lot of mistakes yeah. when it came to marriage and just women <laughs> and stuff. Right. And, but now that I'm saved and being married, man, I'm like, I am ter- I'll be terrified to be a Christian and single. I, I don't even like that's some <laughs> true dedication, man, because if you know, yeah, which, when man. you're married, you know, you're not supposed to be kind of doing certain things only with your wife. Right, but like right, when you're right. single, man, that, that's that's some that's some dedication to, to, to stay focused on God, stay focused on yourself, you know, practice abstinence, you know, until you get married. Like, honestly, man, it would definitely take the power of the Holy Spirit <laughs> to get me through that, man, if I wasn't married being a Christian. Yeah, man. Uh, so I commend no, you on that journey, brother. <laughs> yeah, man. It, I mean, it was there was those nights, you know what I'm saying? I'm on my, my floor, on my face, crying like, God, I don't think I can do this anymore. And um, I love telling the guys that I disciple, man, it's like, you can do this. Um, you know, I knew that there was going to come guys that needed to see me uh, walk in victory, man. And, man. and so just letting them know you can do this. Man, that, that that's amazing, man. That's 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 a big key with discipleship is showing people instead of just telling them, right? And so right, one, one of right. the things I'm huge on, I love I love like coaching, mentoring, and giving back, man. And so when you yeah. said you disciple some guys, that sparked my interest. So we got to talk about that too, man. So what, how how is that Absolutely. going with discipling people? Yeah, man. So God has just graced me, man, with 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 uh, with guys all over the country, man. So. Uh, before we were in, in Texas, I was in Memphis, and I was a, a pastor at a church there for about three years. And before that, um, I was in Atlanta. So my, my family's in Atlanta. I graduated college in Atlanta um, at Kennesaw State. And so um, I have I have people there as well. So each, each step of the way uh, since my salvation, I've just allowed uh, the opportunity. You know, one thing I've realized about discipleship, man, is, is that when people see your life and they want something that's on your life they're like i want what they have and it, and really all they're searching for is the jesus that's in you right mm-hmm. um and so we see that throughout scripture we see that jesus as a rabbi like uh when peter and and john while well, peter and uh andrew uh come and and they're like uh following they're following jesus he says follow me right and but they've heard about him mm-hmm they, they, they heard about his walk. And so they were like, yo, I'm going to drop everything and follow. And, and what I found in discipleship, man, is that a lot of these guys just need direction. They're just using their uh, energy in the wrong place. And so we're able to, um, I know like when I was in Atlanta, I have about seven guys that I, I would uh, would stay with me and my wife on the weekends and we cook for them and, and then have Bible studies and prayer nights. Um, you know, then when I moved to Memphis, like I had some young guys in my ministry that I was just helping them learn the ropes of, of, of 
ministry and how to to do things in excellence. And, and, and so since I've been here, I just I have so many different connections, whether that be college athletes or uh, just people in ministry or just just people going to school, whatever it is, man. God has opened up doors and has allowed me to have that opportunity, man. Man, uh, excuse me, man. That's amazing to hear that, brother, man. It, like honestly, people. I did. I talked to one guy. We were talking about godly community on the podcast, and and people don't realize how powerful and how needed that is. God made it very clear. It is. It's not good for us to be alone, and that He wants us to be in community. And although it's not needed to be saved, man, I think it's a huge right. part in, in 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 your walk and your relationship with Christ, having other believers, man. Um, I it's went biblical. Through, yeah, it is. It de- it definitely is. I went <laughs> through a point, man, where I I gave my life to Christ. Um, and then I I was fortunate enough to have, when I lived in Athens, Georgia, like, like I said, I'm in the military. So I was teaching at UGA and, um, when I, uh-huh. when I was in Athens, Georgia, I, um, uh, had a, a, a bunch of men that, that we just kind of fellowship together, hung out together, look out for each other. Matter of fact, I still talk to them, you know, even, even while I'm out here in California, but when I moved to California, I didn't uh-huh. have that. I didn't have that, man. And so right. here I am. One, if you know anything about California, they're very kind of like liberal and, 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 and yeah, they, they're not, yeah. it's not a huge like Christian type of state like it is in the South, right. you know? And so when I moved right. out here, man, I, I'm trying to, you know, be holy, be set apart, not do the things that I used to do. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't have that brotherhood or that godly community, man. And I, it, it honestly yeah. put me through a state of depression, man. I was like, God, you know, you tell us hey, it's bro. not good for us to be alone, but I, I really feel like I ain't got nobody out here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Man, that's so real, bro. And so it's just good to hear that you, that you got that that you're giving back to people and that you and you were uh discipling them discipling them on how they should live their lives and how they should uh how how they should just live in a way that's pleasing to God. And that just makes me think about it. So at the time of this recording, right? So I got a few uh podcasts in the queue. So it's probably gonna be a while for this episode actually comes out. But at the time, you know, we're yeah. we're in the we're living this whole riot and protest from the murder of George Floyd. And so and, yeah, and so speaking on discipleship and kind of just telling people, you know, showing people how to live and how to do things and times like this, this is a really hard time to try to tell. I found myself like, man, you know, I'm a Christian and, and, and I want to show love and stuff. But at the same time, I'm feeling mad. I'm feeling like I'm, I'm very angry and yeah. I'm feeling like I'm at a point where like, I don't know what to do or what I can do. And so for me, I had to just dive into the word. I had to just, I really had to, I seriously had to read, Bible scriptures on how to react when this type of stuff is going on and when like when you feel Absolutely. like your government is letting you down and people letting you down and 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 they're, and they're discriminating against you man and it's so for me um I'm seeing a lot of stuff on social media and people posting a lot of stuff but I was so angry that I was like it's probably best if I don't post anything right now on it because yeah. you know the bible tell you you know you can be angry but don't sin and i felt like well, how angry right. i was <laughs> if i post something and somebody say something different from my view of sideways then it'll probably lead me to sinning yeah. so i'm curious on like with you and your guys and and with your ministry uh how how, how are you dealing with this time right now yeah, man. So for the past couple of years, man, I've been kind of handling my my conversations behind closed doors. Um, God has placed me in, in white evangelical circles and um, just being able to have influence in those circles and be heard. And so shedding light on systemic racism, um, 
you know, shedding light on white privilege, shedding uh, light on, you know, the racism that I faced growing up. And, you know, when this started to come out, it really started with Ahmaud Arbery. Like, I felt like the Lord was beginning to release uh, my voice to be heard in this in this season uh, for everything. And so I think before, if I would have said something, it would have came out of an emotion. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I know that, you know, uh, James 1 says, uh, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger, right? James yeah. 1.19. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I, what I feel like the Lord showed me with that particular scripture is that we have to be quick to listen with, to what the Holy Spirit is saying mm. and be slow to speak. Because here's the thing, once, you know, and it kind of goes into what we're going to talk about later today, but like I, I'm, I'm preaching that to the guys that I disciple uh, the young black men I disciple, I disciple white and black men. Like, I'm, I'm showing them, like, look, yes, this is a reality, but we also have to walk in wisdom. But in this in this situation, I feel like the Lord released me to start talking about it. And the response has been crazy. Like, so many people have been able to back what I'm saying because they see me be faithful with the word of God. They see me be faithful in my walk with Jesus that when EJ is saying something and it has a particular issue and it actually makes me kind of uncomfortable, I respect him in his life and his walk in the way he handles the word of God in such a way that I'm going to have to respect and hear what he has to say. And I've, I've had countless white people come and approach me about this and say these, those exact words. So what, I, what I'm saying in all of that is, is that when we are slow, to speak and we're quick to listen, God gives us the strategy and how to come about and, and have these conversations. So like if someone were to go on my Facebook right now, the past three days, like I post them posted a lot. But if you if you look at the heart and the intention of what I'm posting, it's to create conversation and shed light on what's really happening in this country. It's not to point the finger, it's to say, look, we can't deny the fact that as black people, America has never been great for us. Yeah. But you need to understand, even though you didn't do the problem, you need to repent. And they and they don't want to hear that sometimes, but that's what they need to hear. Because I can't tell you how many times I've met a non-believer or, or someone who has been hurt by the church. And I repented to them. I said, I apologize for what's been done to you on behalf of all pastors, on behalf of Christians. That was not right. And, and just to see the transformation that took place in their heart because someone apologized. It was amazing, man. Man, that, that, that is amazing, brother. And I can tell you from my, from my viewpoint, I, I'm just kind of like having like a, like you said, you know, earlier, if you would have said some of it came from emotions and that's kind of like where I'm at, I got just like a range of different emotions that I'm feeling because, yeah. on, because like on one hand, right. When I was 16, no, I was 17. I was beat by a state trooper and dropped off at a gas station. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, and so uh, I ignorantly, I was like, okay, well I'm about to get ready to join the Air Force. And I actually had a, a, a I got, when I, Enlisted in the Air Force, I was gonna be like a parachute packer or something like that. And then, but the time for me to leave, they were saying for that job, I would leave like six months later or something. So then they offered me uh, to be security forces, which is a cop in the Air Force. 
And so, uh-huh. and so, like coming from where I'm from and dealing with what I dealt with, I never in a million million years thought I would be a cop. But I was thinking to myself, like, you know what? If I do be a cop, then they can't they can't beat me or do me like they did me back when I was 17, mm. right? And so, yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna go off and be a cop. And as a cop in the Air Force, I only did it for about five and a half years, and then I changed my job. But even as a cop, I worked with people who were clearly racist and not necessarily racist towards yeah, black yeah. people. But when when I joined, you know, it was shortly after 9-11. And so when we're going to Iraq, mm. getting ready to do what we do or whatever, I'm working with people who yeah. like, let's kill all the Muslims. Let's kill them all. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, if you're saying that yeah. about them, you'll say the same thing about me as a black Absolutely. man. And, and so I felt yep. I seen it on that end. But then as a cop, I also seen where my life is in danger and where and where, you know, it tensions rise so I, I understand a cop perspective when you know when they're when they put their life on the line but I also understand the perspective of being abused and, and, and mistreated by cops and dealing with racism but then on top of that you know uh my wife now she's um she's um half white half Mexican and so I have mixed kids too mm. and so I'm, I'm yeah. so I'm, I'm I'm feeling like you know I see a lot of my black family like man I'm tired of white people doing this and white people that and white people this. Right. And, then, and so for me, I just don't like anything that caused division. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a Christian first. And yeah. that's the beauty of Christianity Absolutely. to where Christ came for everybody. And then when we get to heaven, everybody. it's going to be all kinds of different people and races everybody. in heaven, you know? <laughs> and so for me, it's like yeah. on one side, I'm like, I get it. Why these people mad and frustrated and want to just get out there yeah. and do it on the other side i'm i'm like you know you got to do it the right way though you know you gotta you you, you gotta do it in a way where you can you know like for example and a lot of people disagree with me when i say this but like black lives matter you know i understand yeah. what they're trying to do i understand wh- what their yeah. goal is but you know at the same time there's a saying where it said you get more bees with honey and so when you have a name like black lives matter and then you open up the door for somebody to say well all lives matter and so for me i just yeah. like to I just like this. I, I like to uh, put myself in a position where it's like, you know, like okay, like say that if they simply said Black Lives Matter too, that would have they. I, I feel like they would have got ten times more support from people right, other right, than black people right, by, just right. by adding that too. And again, you know, yeah. and so and so for me, it's just like a, 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 a just a mix of emotions, mix mixed feelings. Absolutely. You know, I understand it from both sides, man, but it's just like, and then, and that's why I'm excited about the scripture we're going to get about uh, the scripture we're going to get into today, Psalms 34, because there's a lot of promises that God gives in there. And so in a time Absolutely, like this, man, man. you got to lean on those promises. And I tell you, it's hard sometimes to look at, Look at, I was 16, 17, and that happened to me. And here I am. It's almost 18 to 20 years later, and this is still happening. And so it's kind of like, God, you know, when is, when, when have you got, when is stuff going to change? And so with that being said, let's, let's hop into it, man. Let's go ahead and hop into the scripture for the day. Like what you hear so far, this podcast is made possible by listeners just like you. You can support the show. By purchasing a copy of the Blessed Money book or apparel on Amazon.com. The proceeds help us to continue to deliver the Blessed Money ministry. You can continue the conversation on BlessedMoney.com or on the Blessed Money app, available on both Apple and Google's Play Store. We would love to hear your thoughts on the show or your testimony on today's scripture. Thank you for your support, and now back to the show. show, show. When I asked you, said Psalms thirty four. Are there any particular verses yeah. in Psalm thirty four, or do or what? Which what you want to do? Like, I'll have you go ahead and read the scripture. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna just kind of pick some scripture stuff that are very key in my personal life. Um, that just to give you some background first on uh, Psalm 24 for me is uh, me and my wife we were in Atlanta and we felt like the Lord was calling us to Memphis, but I didn't have a job like lined up in Memphis. I didn't, I didn't know anyone like that. I hadn't really been there, and it was kind of one of those situations. I would go downstairs uh, in our house and I would be in the living room and every single day. Uh, for a couple months, every single day, I would I would literally read this particular song, um, mm. and I would just declare it to God, like God, this is what Your Word says. Like You are not a liar. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, let me go ahead and get into this uh, Psalm 34. I'm gonna kind of hop around, but uh, Psalm 34 one says, "I will bless the Lord at all times." He yeah. didn't say sometimes. He didn't say, like, well, things are only going good. You know what I'm saying? Like, we always want to equate blessing to, to God, right? We always want to say, like, we always want to say that something good is a blessing. But sometimes you not getting that promotion is a blessing. That's true. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it, it says, uh, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. And, and when I just think about that, it's like, how often do we have the, the ability to curse God, uh, to curse people? It's like, no, I'm going to always pray him no matter my situation. Uh, did you have anything you wanted to share on that particular uh, verse? Yeah, man. I, like, like I said, um, just just when I was studying before this to prepare for this conversation, man, uh, again, those emotions about what's going on right now. And it's like, you know. Um, kind of how you were saying when you didn't have a job and you was like, God, this is your word and you don't lie. That's how I'm feeling about this whole situation. Like, God, you know, yeah. you you don't lie. This is your word. And, and I know you're going to make this right. I know I, as we get further yeah. into this, it talks about that. But you're right, though, in a time like this where you're angry and mad, instead of don't let that anger uh, block so much the way you don't praise the Lord or where you do turn away from Not the Lord because a lot of people will stop believing in times like this you know a lot of people yeah, will start man. you know and so and so that, that's what I that, when I see that like you said man I, I like the fact that you said people always equate blessings with good stuff but at the same whether you're I think Paul said it you know he learned to be content with, with whatever situation he was in yeah. and so and so I, that's what I see when I see that verse is that regardless of what's happening I'm going to bless the Lord. Yes. Uh, this next section, four through seven, is, is really uh, a key section for me, particularly verse four. Uh, four is, is literally, um, man, I, I might even have to get it patted on me. That's how important it is to me. <laughs> like, uh, it says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. And mm. so when I see this, I'm like, yo, David is saying, like, the Lord is going to answer when you seek him. But God says that in his life, because if you seek him with all of your heart, I will be found. Yep. And so often we forget that, man. But it goes back to the James 119 scripture where it says, I was quick to listen. See, James thought the Lord, but he had to be quick to listen. Yeah, you're right. And, and, like, and I mean, David, David thought the Lord, and he had to be quick to listen. So he said he answered me. And, and now that I know that he answered, he rescued me and freed me from all of my fears. Because those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. 
This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him from all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. And so that right there, man, it's, it's just, you just see, you see the characteristics of God, man. And if that doesn't bring you the radiant joy he talks about in verse five, I don't know what will. And so I can always, when I'm at a low point, I always go to this scripture because it's like, Lord, I may not feel you. I may not feel like you hear. I may not feel like you're listening. But your word says, when David called and sought you, you answered him. But not only did you answer him, you didn't stop at the thing that I was actually asking you for. You gave me abundance. You rescued me and freed me from the fear that I was in camp, that I was uh, enslaved to. Man, that's good, brother. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. That 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 little section right there was the meat of what sparked a lot of emotions. You know, kind of what was going on here, uh, because it's, and and where where I was feeling like God, this is your word, God. You you not you don't lie. And so one thing I want to encourage yeah. the listeners on when we're when we're hearing this and reading this because I I, I don't know why, but this is just something that just kind of been in my spirit lately. And so um, I would hear people say. All right, there's preachers out there who's preaching the gospel, uh, prosperity gospel, and blah 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 blah. Right, but then, <laughs> but, and then I'll read a scripture. You know, then we'll read Romans ten nine and say, "Whoever call on the Lord and believe in Him and repent and and believe He died for their sins and was raised again, they'll be saved." And so in my mind, like as a younger Christian, even as a kid, I couldn't wrap my head on like how are there are people out there who say they believe in Jesus, loving Jesus, and and, and then but they're also they're false prophets or they're, you know, yeah. and so recently, man, I have, you know, it was so subtle. Like this, I, I recently just left the church that I was going to, and I'm not accusing this pastor of preaching the prosperity gospel, but, yeah. but at the same time, I felt like it was a form of the prosperity gospel. And so a lot yeah. of times he would say stuff like, you know, um, if you have a, you, I, I don't even want to say what he say, but basically it would be a lot of stuff where it's like, where it's like, if you have enough faith, you're going to be healed. Or if, if you know, if, if you tithe, God is going to bless mm. you and do this and do that and do that. And that stuff is it, it, partially true. But God also told us in right. this world, while we're living here, while, this, while we're in this sin filled world, we're also going to deal with trials and tribulations. And so when I look yeah. at these five, five through seven, five through uh, four through seven, four through eight in Psalms 34. It, um, God promised us some stuff here, right? And he promised that he's going to yeah. uh, deliver us and take away our fears and, and, and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, we got to remember that we're in a sin-filled world. And so I think the yeah. issue with the prosperity gospel is like, they'll t you know, people tell you this stuff, tell you this stuff, tell you this stuff, but then you they lack telling you the other side. And so when you see like something right. like, like George Floyd, he gets killed. You know, that kind of handles your faith. Or when you got a mother that you've been praying for and praying for and crawling out and God calls that mother home, then now that person who's left behind yeah. lose faith. And so what I want to share with the listeners right here is that these, these promises of God, whether 
we got to remember that we have life after this life too. And there's an eternity too. And that's when we're, you know, that's when there's no kidding guaranteed. We're in the presence of the, uh, of God. He's going to wipe away every tear. He's going to wipe away every fear. The uh, world's going to be perfect. We ain't going to have no more pain and sorrow no more. And so sometimes, like you said, when you gave the example of not getting a promotion is a blessing. Sometimes God calling people home is a blessing for them as well. I guarantee you anybody who's died and went to heaven, they are not worried about what's going on in the world right now they're, right, they're right, excited right, to be right. in the presence of god and so i just want to i want to encourage people that god we do have a father who is a who's a redeemer who's a healer who will take care of us but at the same time he also told us that when we're living in this world we're going to see the kind of stuff that we're seeing right now we're going to deal with plagues we're going to deal with racism we're going to deal you know somebody's going to get laid out somebody's going to die from a sickness but at the same time you know we have eternity and when christ come back and um and, and save his people and judge the people who decide not to follow him then that's when we're going to reap all those benefits and so i just want to encourage people to just re to remember that that you know if you lose somebody you love or, or if you pray for something and you didn't get it god has a plan and his plan is to uh, uh is for a good hope and 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 to prosper prosper you but that prosperness may come in eternity and so i just like to remind people of that yeah man no, that's that's good, man. Like it's definitely good. So I feel like people who do preach prosperity, they mean well. They 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 really do. They they mean well. I just think it's, it's like what you said of uh, uh, providing that balance of, um, you know, we do face trials and tribulations. I mean, Jesus said it. He said, "In this world, you face many trials and tribulations." Yeah. But be of great joy. Yep. He overcame. I've already the world. overcame the world. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um and, and so yeah man uh, that's that's good that's good yeah so is there any more out of uh, Psalms thirty four you want to touch on before we get into your yeah, testimony um this was yeah 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 so uh verses eight and verses fourteen is why I want to kind of look up but verses eight is is really a a, a challenge to to the listener uh it says take to see that the Lord is good how happy is the person who takes refuge in him now we know refuge is the home like you're resting in god mm -hmm. but this is this scripture right here to take and see that the lord is good and when i think about this particular scripture it always makes me go back to um if i've never tasted uh you know if i've never tasted a milkshake from the varsity you, you know okay, that's in atlanta yeah um I can't tell you if it's good or not. And it's the same way with our faith. Like, I could grow up in church, I could go to church. Now, if I've never tasted and saw that the Lord was good, I can't tell anyone how good he is. Man, that's And deep. so it, it just, it, it, it's just a, it's a challenge. Um, whatever I preach out in the scripture, it's a challenge. Like, we will tell everybody about how good we like this or our favorite team or this and the other but if, if i've tasted and seen that god is good i need you to figure out how good he is i need to tell you how good my god is um so that's just an encouragement for the listener on here um yeah did you have anything you wanted to say on that yeah no i completely agree man it's like it's one thing where it's like like okay i go let's just use the varsity and the milkshake for example i go to the varsity taste the milkshake 
It's good. I'm enjoying it, right? I can come back and tell you all day, man, the milkshake is off the chain. It's good. But until you <laughs> until you experience it for yourself, you're not going to really yeah. know, man. And that's one thing. So I do a lot of teaching with the youth. You know, I was teaching youth, youth ministry. I do coaching. I mentor and that yeah. kind of stuff. And, and one thing, whenever, and even with my kids, even and, and some parents may disagree with this or whatever, but with my kids, I, I make it very clear to them. And so I got a teaching background. And, we, and when we teach, we got something called academic integrity, which basically means mm-hmm. during, during the time we're talking in the academic area, you can say what you want to say without getting in trouble. And so whenever I teach youth yeah. ministry, whenever I teach my kids, I let them know that, hey, right now you have academic integrity so you this is your this is your window where you can say whatever you want to your dad or this is your window you can say whatever Mm. you want to the to the pastor or the preacher at the time without facing any repercussions and i do that to let them know that hey at the end of the day when it comes to salvation your parents is not going to save you my faith is not going to save you and so you have to know god like it says here you got to taste god for yourself you got to see for yourself and so i so if you don't believe in god right now that's cool. Tell me. Don't flex like you do. And, and it's my job as the teacher or as your dad to kind of show you show you why. And then the Holy Spirit and Christ, when it's, when the time is ready, he's going to fill your heart and you're going to get to know him. But at the same time, don't think you're Christian or you're saved simply because I am. And so when I see verse That's 8 good. and it says, you know, taste. Uh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I, like you said, that's an encouragement to people to say, hey, I can tell you all day how good he is, but you're not going to know until you have that relationship with him for yourself. So try him out. And so that's what I see in that, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, that's good. That's good stuff, man. Uh, and lastly, on, on verse 14, it says, turn away from evil and do what is good. And this is so good for right now. It yeah. says, seek peace and pursue it and and i love that this word um uh pursue uh in its original context is literally saying to uh seek it until you find it that's that's what this word literally means in in the original scripture language in the original language so it means to to literally seek this thing until you find it until you capture this peace and we know that peace is, Jesus said, I give you a peace, a peace that I give you that the world can't give you. Mm-hmm. And so that means we have to seek Jesus until we find him. And he's not far. God is terrible at hide and seek. <laughs> That's so, good. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, I just want to encourage you guys, man, like, in, in this situation, we have to seek Jesus and pursue him with every ounce of our being. Man, I'm glad that's the one we 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 uh concluded on for Psalms 34, uh 14 because like you said right now that people need to hear that man. I'm seeing so many people justifying the riots, and I like mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. many people justifying doing wrong and justifying you know you know what we tried peace for so long we tried peace for so long we tried to be peaceful we need and you told us you know so now it's time to fight back and man if you're a Christian saying that man you really need to repent you really need to repent you know uh, and 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 it's basically if you're saying that you're basically saying you know what I'm tired of waiting on God. I'm tired of waiting on God to handle it. I, I, I don't trust that he's going to handle it. And so I just encourage people to do exactly what it says. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And like you said, we're gonna, yeah. the only way we're going to find that peace is, is in Christ. And I can tell you, you know, um, 
I can tell you just from looking at Jesus example, you know, uh, sometimes our enemy's going to treat us wrong, but we're not going right. to change their hearts by going back with violence. You're just not going to do it. Yep. You're just going to make it worse if you go back with violence. So if you truly want peace, then follow the example of Jesus. Show love, show kindness, and 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 like you said, uh, and like and, and I was talking to somebody else. There, you know, there's different ways where where you can fight back, and we and we just gotta you know brainstorm, and we gotta come up with peaceful ways to do that. Whether that comes with like voting in, you know, local politicians that's that's not gonna allow this, you know, whether that well, I, I don't know what the answer is, but I do know that Christ does not call us to to fight back with with the same evil. That that they're that we're experiencing. Yeah, man, that's good. Yep. All right. So that's good, man. So 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 what we do is we we look at the scriptures and then you know we explain what it means. I think we gave a, a good back and forth thorough explanation of what it means. And so now we want to hear your story. How has Psalms thirty four manifested in your life? Yeah, man. So for me, not growing up in church, I got saved in two thousand ten, and. Um, I was just in a, I was a real unhealthy relationship. Neither one of my parents were Christians. I moved around a lot. My dad was in the military. So uh, I, I dealt a lot with depression because I just felt like I was always alone. Uh, I never made great friends or anything like that. Um, well, I got to college and uh, I remember getting a phone call from my dad and him saying that him, uh, my mom and him was getting a divorce and it broke me because I'm the only child. And, and so uh, I remember just being on the balcony of my friend's porch. She was having a party, and I'm just drunk and high. And uh, I just remember saying that night, like, I just don't know. Like, I want to end my life. I don't know what to do. And I remember being in – I got into an unhealthy relationship. I was living with the girl, and we were – we were. it was just, it was just really uh, mentally, uh, mentally abusive. And so I'm in that relationship, but I feel like God is is pulling me. He, he's like, it's like God is pursuing me, and I and I don't even know what that looks like. And so we stay together for the for the school year, and we wind up breaking up. And I just feel like God is calling me to to a different. I, it was just it was just kind of like this. I, I can't really explain it, but I just knew that it was Him. So the night that really kind of set me free was I remember me and my girl broke up and, and I was I was in my room uh at my house and I'm just like God look I, I don't I don't know uh what it means to really follow you. I don't know what it means to read this Bible. I don't know what it means to pray. Like I don't even know if I'm praying right now. But I know that your word says in, in Psalms that if I seek you, you you're gonna you're gonna answer me. And so I'm 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 like, Lord, I need you. I need to know what it's like to follow you. And I remember I locked myself in my room about two or three days and I came out of the room. And that whole time I was just praying and in the word and like the peace of God just completely captured my heart. And so I sought that peace and I pursued it. And, uh, you know, after that kind of transformation, some things can happen. Uh, you can kind of, you know, still kind of tiptoe in some of the stuff you're still trying to navigate what it means. But I remember I knew I was changed when I went out with my cousin. We were at a bar and I was drunk and I was like, this don't taste the same. This ain't, this don't feel right. And I knew something had shifted. 
And then next thing I know, me and my cousins, we went to a strip club. And we went to the strip club. And I remember I was like sitting there and I was like, I shouldn't be here. And I began to share the gospel with one of the strippers. Mm. And so God was like using me in my past life right there. And ever since that day, when I walked out that strip club, I never went back to none of it. Amen. And I've brother. just been like, God, it's me and you. Um, and so that's been kind of, that was the kind of the, the genesis of, of, of my relationship with Jesus. And, and he's kind of carried me along the way through all of this uh, as I sought him and, and trusted in him. And he's delivered me from the fears of losing people in my life because I didn't live like that anymore. He mm. delivered me from from the fears of, of never having a wife because it's just me and him being single, right? Yeah. Um, and he's delivered me of the fears that I would never be anything uh, with my life or that I'm still here. Uh, because at the end of the day, there were times I wanted to take my life, man. So that's how that, that scripture has really taken hold of me. And uh, if it wasn't for the Psalms and the Proverbs, like those were the scriptures I went to to help me get out of where I was at because they're so practical. And you see David's heart and his cry for God's heart. And it's my heart that I will be as close as God's or as close to God's heart as I could possibly be. Man. So yeah, man. It's a powerful testimony, brother. You know you know one thing I really like about about your testimony is that you touched on your process of sanctification. So like, I remember being a kid, man, and I, I, I think it's just so important for people who not say, and for and young people, you know, um, my, a matter of fact, uh, my son, uh, one of my sons actually gave his life to Christ. The other ones, you know, we were talking to him about it last week, me and my mom, and he was just kind of mm. like, well, I still want to, I still want to make sure I understand <laughs> this, and I still want to make sure I understand yeah. this. And so, you know, and I could tell he wasn't really ready, but I could also tell his answer was very similar to how I was as a kid, where I was like, man, you know, I don't want to play around with God, so I ain't ready. I already know I'm going to still be right, wild. I'm going right, to still be right, wilding right. out and this and that, that and this. But you touched on that what uh, sanctification, and for those who don't know what that is, just that process of becoming more like Christ. So you gave your life to Christ, yeah. but then you was back drinking, and you were drinking, and you were at the strip club, okay. right? And then you... And and so sanctification show how God just started taking away the things we used to do, like to do, and then eventually yeah. we don't have a desire for them. And I, I'm so happy yeah. that you shared that part of your testimony so people can know, hey, God don't expect you to be perfect. Matter of fact, he already know right. what you're going to do before you even know you're going to do it, <laughs> right? And so, but all yeah. he's just saying is yeah. trust him and come to him. And he'll change you, man. And I had yeah, a similar man. experience, man. I I was wilding out too, man. And 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 then being in the military didn't make it any better. And not having a dad didn't right, make it any right. better. And so it was hard. It yeah. was really hard for me to come to Christ, man. But when I did, I felt that same thing where it's like the stuff that I used to couldn't imagine not doing, I didn't even want to do no more, man. And so like yeah, I've been man. I've been in California for a year now. And I have not been to a club. I haven't been to a bar. I haven't. I haven't. Went, I went to a hookah <laughs> bar one time because my friend from Athens came, and the hookah bar was really more so like a college lounge or something where the people just went and just worked on their homework or whatever and smoked the hookahs, mm -hmm. and um and uh and they didn't have any alcohol in there. But my 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 buddy and his wife, 
they uh wanted they wanted to open up their own little hookah bar, so they like to go to just different hookah bars or whatever. And so they were in town, so I went there mm-hmm. to see them. But other than that, man, I haven't been out and, and I haven't had a desire to. But anybody who know me, yeah, they, they probably wouldn't even believe that if I told them, man. So. Oh, I be hearing from people all the time, like, how in the world did you become a pastor? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, well, how did this happen? <laughs> and it's just like, it's nothing but a grace of God, man. Like, I didn't choose this. I never wanted to be a pastor. Like, even after I got saved, I was like, I, I'm never going to be a pastor. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I don't have time to listen to people. Yeah. Um, but then God, man, he just extended grace when I be in conversations with people and I begin to realize, like, yo, Lord, there's something on me that has that 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 desires to shepherd people. Amen, brother. Amen. All right, man. Well, I I so do appreciate your time. Uh, appreciate you just being transparent about your story and sharing it with people. I know people are gonna be blessed by it, man. And 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 man. just one more time, let us know the uh, the title of your book and the title of your podcast so they can check it out. Yeah, man, um, you can reach, uh, connect with me uh, on IG, underscore EJ Brown, underscore. Uh, you can connect with me on Facebook, look up EJ Brown, or you can get in the URL, it's EJ617. Um, my book is called Unlocking Your Potential in Singleness, How to Maximize Your Single Life. If you just go to Amazon.com, you type in EJ Brown, the book will pop up. It's the first book up there. Mm. And lastly, the podcast that I do with my wife, you can find it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It's called Love, Grace, and Truth. Thanks again for joining us on the Blessed Money Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, blessedmoney.com, or download the Blessed Money app, where you can continue the conversation from this podcast by sharing your thoughts and testimonies on the scripture. You can fellowship with other Christians or check out the Blessed Money blog. Oh, and I almost forgot, if you found any value in this show, we'd appreciate our ratings on iTunes, Spotify, or on the platform you use to listen to the show. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about us, that would be a huge blessing. Until next time, peace, peace.